Good morning, Crossroads. How are you today? Three of you are fabulous. <laughs> Why don't we sing? Maybe that'll get us in the mood for Christmas. Come on, stand up with me. We're so glad to have you here with us today.
opportunity, don't we, to say thanks, to be grateful, to give thanks to the King of Kings. So can we clap and just say thank you, God, for this morning, for what he's doing so much. He gave us Jesus. That's something we should be thankful about every single day. So we're glad that you're all here. I hope you're glad to be here. We're glad that you're also joining us online. Um, If, you know, all of our guests that we have in the house, I want to welcome you. And um, stop by the Welcome Center before you leave. Um, we'd love to connect with you, and we also have a gift for you. So please, up, uh, all of our guests, stop by the Welcome Center before you leave. Church, um, there are, uh, so, so December's here. If anybody's realizing that today, looking at your clock, um, it is December, and we're grateful because, you know, we're, we're heading into that, that Christmas season. And I know some of you, your timelines for the seasons are all different, uh, but we're, we're, we're glad, you know, we're glad and excited to be able to celebrate Christ all the time. And so as we head into Christmas season, um, you know, I want to let you know that uh, next week, uh, so not this week, but the following week, the 14th and 15th is Ernie Haas. And so there are a few tickets, and I mean very few, like seven left on Friday. Uh, so that, yeah, and that, that's pretty cool. Uh, Thursday, uh, there are some tickets left. So um, I hope that you get a chance to go because not only is it a great show, but there's a great opportunity. And that's to invite someone to say, hey, if you have nothing to do or if you have something to do, cancel it because this is better. Anybody that bold, you know, maybe go for it. But invite someone to come with you for Ernie Haas on the 14th or the 15th. And each night is going to be a phenomenal concert. These guys are phenomenal, really wonderful, um, just vocalists, and they're great people. They'll be out in the lobby hanging out. You know, they're real. It's a great experience. And then after each night, there's going to be... Uh, the concert is going to be dessert. So invite someone to be with you because each night we are going to share about Christ. So this is an opportunity. So great music, a greater opportunity. So make sure you get to go to um, Ernie Haas, 14th and 15th of December. Very quickly, it's coming up. So make sure you get to go. Um, the other thing is Christmas Eve. Uh, that is, is coming on really quick. And so 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. each 
gathering is completely identical. And so we encourage you to come on out and invite someone to come with you. And uh, we're going to celebrate Christmas as a church. We love doing that. And so we love celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to do that on Christmas Eve, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. And then our birthday gift to Jesus, uh, Crossroads, we've been, we've been praying about how we can, what's our part, asking God what is our part, and how we can give the most to Jesus this Christmas season than anyone else on our Christmas list. And so our goal is $100,000. And before I share where we're at, I want to invite Jeff and Arlene Berg up here to the front. If we could get those, uh, the pit lights on, John, yep. Um, so Jeff and Arlene are uh, our partners, uh, uh, friends of Israel, and they are uh, ministering um, to the Jewish people of Squirrel Hill and beyond, truly. And so uh, we're thrilled to have Jeff and Arlene Berg, who are on our birthday gift to Jesus. Uh, so I'm going to turn this over to them. Oh, thank you so much for being part of the ministry God has given us. Thank you so much. Uh, John 8:12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, Jeff. Well, God has called, has called us over the years to be that light to them. And we just need to continue to carry that light, especially in these days, and that they will see the light of Jesus as the comforter of all. And Arlene will go on to give her part. All right. Um, we praise the Lord for the opportunities he's given us with many, many people. And um, we're just praying they come to the Lord as we know you are. We have a picture in one of our pictures here of a a very religious woman from Cleveland, Ohio, and who maybe if you could go to the next picture, the picture after yes. it. There. Sarah is from Cleveland, Ohio, and her two sons, they're so religious, she, I don't think she even knows any Christians. But God has sent us into her life. She missed us so much, she drove all the way from Cleveland in August to see us. And we had a little time of um, a luncheon with her, a kosher luncheon at the Jewish home. Had others who came that were religious. And um, the main thing is she can't understand our love for Israel and her people. She can't get over it. So we told her and the ones who were with us who were very religious, a couple others, a rabbi and his wife and another lady, we said, looked right at him and said, it's because of the one in whom we believe in the New Testament. Pray for her son on the left, Ari. He's in the IDF, and he's in Gaza. So please pray for Sarah, her son on the left, Ari, and Baruch Mordecai. And then we have a picture of an older gentleman uh, with his, uh, his um, daughter, his name is Oscar, his daughter Lee, that's at the Holocaust Center. We've had good opportunities with him and her. She wants us to get together sometime. And if you could just show the picture right after it. Go ahead. Oh, thanks. Go back to that uh, picture with the hand. Uh, that's Oscar's hand. And uh, that's a tattoo no one would want to have. And uh, it's a tattoo from Auschwitz. And unfortunately, it's a tattoo that uh, he will never forget. But for us, we can't forget him. 
and he's 98 years old, and he needs to come to the Lord. And there's one more. There we are. Uh, this is Julie. Uh, she's uh, the uh, Mid-Atlantic Director for the a Jewish organization called Stand With Us, and they fight anti-Semitism. Uh, she is uh, just uh, like a energizer bunny in the in the neighborhood, starting rallies, uh, pro-Israel rallies, and so on. But uh, of all things, we were just stunned when we were visiting with her that she was actually invited to the Friends of Israel home office for a dedication that they had over there. And uh, she's made friends with the, the uh, home office staff, but we've been talking and she would like to help us do an Honor Israel night. She said, I'd like to come to your church. And uh, we have other Jewish people that have expressed the same thing. And uh, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you all for your uh, faithful support over the years. It has meant so much to us. Uh, we've been a part of the birthday gift for Jesus since 1990. So it's been a, we're very grateful. Thanks. So continuing to pray about your part, <clears throat> excuse me, and I want to do share um, where we are currently with our birthday gift to Jesus. Isn't that phenomenal? 45,000. Thanks be to God. And so we thank God for Jeff and Arlene and what they're doing to the, to the Jewish community and continue to pray for them. Um, so continue to pray about your part. I also want to share with you um, that uh, it's, it's been a few weeks. Uh, I know it seems like we talked about it forever, but I do want to share with you. We have another update of, of our shoe boxes that came out of this church. That's, an, that's amazing. So good job. So all those that serve tirelessly behind the scenes, gathering all the items, the packing party, bringing all the boxes and our whole community, um, those are 2,765 children that will be impacted. Don't forget, every, every box, one life. So we're glad and just really thankful that God allowed us to be a part of that. So as we continue on this morning, I want to say thank you, church, for being faithful and giving. Uh, giving in so many ways, uh, but thank you for giving uh, your, of your finances and worshiping the Lord. You can give online through the mail or the offering boxes here at the church. Uh, let's pray as we continue on this morning. Um, God, we, um, we thank you for just the update this morning from Jeff and Arlene. Uh, God, we pray for Ari. We pray for... Um, Lord, those in, in the IDF and those in Gaza, Lord, we pray for just our whole country right now, God, as it's truly in turmoil, uh, Lord, and we know that the only answer uh, is Christ, and, all, and forever will be Christ is, is the answer. So we pray for, um, Lord, just all those who, that their hearts are just, just so lost, um, Lord, lost in our own families, lost in our communities, lost maybe in this church, God, the only answer to our lostness. Um, is Christ. And so, God, I pray this morning as we open up the Bible, your word, that the words would just jump off the pages and into our minds and into our hearts and into our lives and changes. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you challenge us where we're at? Maybe knock our knees out this morning so that we would understand our need for Jesus. What a gift and what a privilege it is to be here. Thank you for being here with us. It's all in the powerful name of Christ. Amen. 
Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Humbug! Who's in charge of this parade? When you find out, you tell me. Oh, 
our holidays are always such a mess. That's ridiculous. <laughs> money, money, money. Keep the change, you filthy animals. Some people, they just lose sight of what's important in life. Doesn't matter where they're going. What matters is deciding to get on. Well, that's what our series on Christmas Classic is all about. We're trying to tell you what Christmas is all about. And as you look at those movies, you know, that's one of the things you remember the most about Christmas is all the movies that you watch. You pull them up and you watch these different movie clips and you just see things that you watch over and over and over every year. Last week we looked at White Christmas. Many people didn't even know White Christmas was a movie until somebody revealed it to me. I didn't know it was a movie. I thought it was just a song. And so I found out about that movie and we looked at the White Christmas last week and uh, we looked at how that Jesus came at just the right time. And so today we're going to look at another movie. And this is uh, a movie that is, uh, I don't think it's quite as classic as, as, uh, as White Christmas, but uh, for the next generation, it's actually a classic now. It's called Home Alone. Anybody ever heard of that movie? Yeah, it's running over and over and over right now. Like, you can watch it on those channels that just, like, Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, they just run back to back to back. So we're going to start off with Home Alone today, and I can't believe I'm actually showing a Home Alone clip in church, all right? So this is like crazy, right? But this little boy, he's uh, he's just kind of like, you know, in your face to everybody in the family. The family's getting ready to go on a vacation to Paris for the holidays, and as the family's getting ready to go, they gather everybody together, and they're having pizza. It's a little family gathering, and uh, sometimes the family gathering don't go as they planned, do they? Let, let me just show you a little clip from their family gathering. Here we go. What time do you have to go to bed? Early. We're leaving the house at 8 a.m. on the bus. I hope you're all drinking milk. I want to get rid of it. Pizza. Right, the pizza boy needs $122.50 plus tip. For pizza? Ten pizzas times twelve bucks. Frank, you've got some money, don't you? Come on. Traveler's checks. Forget it, Frank. We have cash. Yeah, you probably get the kind of traveler's checks that don't work in France. Did anyone order me a plain cheese? Oh, yeah, we did. But if you want any, somebody's going to have to barf it all up because it's gone. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. Get a plate. Watch it. No, no, passports out of here. And after I watched that, I'm always reminded of how thankful I am. God gave me two girls, you know. Uh, like, uh, guys are just a little bit more hands-on, a little bit interactive with each other, right? So, uh, so, and, uh, 
he, uh, he mouths off to everybody. Everybody kind of humiliates him. And so mom takes him upstairs and says, all right, you're going to go and you're going up for punishment. And, uh, and, and he says, I don't want to, I, I, uh, well, I'm going to just show you the next clip here. What happens at the punishment scene? All right, let's go. You're the only one who has to make trouble. I'm the only one getting dumped up. You're the only one acting up. Now, get upstairs. I am upstairs. The third floor? Go. It's scary up there. Don't be silly. Fuller will be up in a little while. I don't want a super fuller. You know about him. He wets the bed. He'll pee all over me. I know it. Fine. We'll put him somewhere else. I'm sorry. It's too late. Get upstairs. This family hates me. Then maybe you should ask Santa for a new family. I don't want a new family. I don't want any family. Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night. I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. And I don't want to see anybody else either. I hope you don't mean that. You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. No, I wouldn't. Then say it again. Maybe it'll happen. I hope I never see any jerks again. And I think that we've all had a few of those run-ins as raising kids. And as you look at it there, he, uh, you know, he has this great wish about, man, I just wish this would all disappear. And I think sometimes in our life, um, we just, uh, we have these wishes that we say that we really don't mean. And, uh, and then there are other times that we actually mean them. And I think sometimes as you get going into life, you know, I'm, I just couldn't, as I watched that scene and, and knowing the next day, obviously they get up and uh, they ru- they're running late, everybody leaves for vacation, and they forget that Kevin's up in the attic, right? They forget he's up on the third floor all by himself, and they they race all the way to the plane, they get out there onto the plane, and uh, and she's just asking herself, you know, something's missing, what's missing, what's missing, and here it's Kevin's missing, right? So I mean, like, you know, how do you do that? You know, you had a head count. Remember the neighbor boy was in there for the head count, and, and they're counting heads, and they miscount the heads and forgot that it's actually one of their own that's left behind. Kevin's left behind. But uh, as I was watching that little clip there, when he says, "Man, I just wish I, you know, I wish I didn't have family. I wish I didn't see you guys ever again." I, I just can't imagine, like in, in Scripture, uh, Romans one twenty one. We talked about this on Thanksgiving Eve, and we said that if we don't have thankfulness for, towards God, then He ends up giving us what we want, and we go into dark places. And we go into these places where you start to you start to think confused, you start to act confused. Your whole life is messed up, and then it goes down a whole spiral of. Uh, of sins that are just uh, that just take us farther and farther and farther away from God. And God says, you know what, when you're not going to acknowledge me, I'm going to give you what you really want, what you think you really want, because you're going to give you, give you over to those evil desires. And that's not really what you want. You, you, have to ha- you need something more than what you really want. And so your needs are greater than what you even know that you want. And so as we, as we look at that movie, they're home alone though. I, I'm reminded of the, of the, the topic of loneliness. And you know, as, uh, as you go through the movie and you watch the movie, you realize that here was a little boy, he gets left home for Christmas. And there's, there's, uh, nothing that could be worse than to be home alone on Christmas as a little kid, right? You're this little eight-year-old boy and, uh, everything is going on without you. And so he just, uh, you watch the movie, he, uh, he has to deal with the robbers and the robbers are coming after him and he's trying to ward off the robbers. I love the scene where he gets everybody dancing, you know, all those cardboard figures 
Peter's dancing and anyhow, that's one of my favorite scenes. And and uh, and he goes and, and and you're just watching that and he's dealing with the neighbors and he's got the ice on the steps, he's got the tar on the steps, he has every way to fend off all the robbers. And I want to remind you this: Jesus said that uh, the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life. And as I'm watching that movie, I'm reminded that, hey, listen, here, here's a little kid. He's looking for life. He really is. He's looking, and, and he's defending off his own home. He's looking for life. And at the end of the story, at the end of the movie, he comes in, and he says, man, I really wish my family were back. And, and just a few days earlier, he was hoping he'd never see them again. Then he comes back and says, I wish my family were back. And, uh, and he looks at the picture, puts it down. And next morning, he wakes up. He runs downstairs and he yells, Mom, Mom, Mom. And Mom's not there yet. And then just a few moments later, we pick up this final clip here. Where's everybody else? Oh, baby, they couldn't come. They wanted to so much. No, I didn't fall asleep in the back of the You do, Ah, you're all right. I love you. Hey, Kev. Pretty cool that you even burn the place down. Thanks, Buzz. Wait a minute. How did you guys get home? Oh, we took the morning flight, remember? The one you didn't want to wait for? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, thank Merry you. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay. Well, someone has to find an open store. We don't even have milk here. I went shopping yesterday. You shopping? <laughs> I got your milk, eggs, and fabric softener. No kidding. What a funny guy. What else did you do while we were away? Just hung around. (laughs) (laughs) And so we see the ending of the movie there. We see a moment of restoration. We see the family gets back together. And, you know, as, as we're looking through the scriptures here this morning, we're going to take that theme of loneliness and we're going to look into the scriptures. Because loneliness is a very real issue, isn't it? I think that you can be lonely in a crowd. 
It's very easy to be lonely in the crowd. You can be lonely in your family. You can be lonely in any relationship. And so what's the cure for loneliness? The cure for loneliness is Jesus. And as we look at this this morning, I want to just show you a few ways because loneliness is among the top problems that people face in our world. It's amazing. We have uh, we know more people in our world uh, than cultures did years ago. Like the people that you have known and have had acquaintances and friends with in your world are more than societies long ago would known in their whole lifetime. You know more in, in a few years. And so the, we see we see this. We see all these uh, all these interactions with people. We see all this stuff that we have going on. We have this great American culture. We have all the parties, but yet loneliness is among the top issues that we face. So I want to remind you as we look at the scriptures today, we're going to go over to Matthew's account of Joseph and Christmas. What what God did at uh, how Jesus came at Christmas time, obviously. But we're going to look through the eyes of Joseph for a little bit here. And I want to remind you, first of all, today that you are not alone. You are not alone in your struggles of life. You're not alone in the struggles of life. You know, everybody has struggles in life. And as you go through life, you will have more struggles. Um, as uh, you know, I always want to get to the place where there's less struggles and like, okay, I got over that hurdle. It's kind of like, you know, when you get up and you're flying in a plane, you get going and then all of a sudden it levels off. You want it to just level off. And I have found that life doesn't level off. It kind of sometimes goes like this and then it goes up again and then it goes down and then it goes up. It's kind of all over the place. And as you're going through life, I want you to know that you are not alone in the struggles of life. Look here at Matthew chapter one, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Jesus, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, right there is a whole mouthful, okay? Now, the birth of Jesus Christ is as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Jesus. So, as we look at this whole betrothal period, um, we've tried to relate that to an engagement period before. And many people have said, well, that's similar to our engagement. It is similar, but it's a lot more serious. Uh, it's a year-long period. They would typically come and they would have a ceremony for the betrothal. And in the Jewish culture, they would have the ceremony for the betrothal, and then there would be a year-long period of waiting where there was no physical relationship. And during this year-long waiting period where there's no physical relationship, the marriage would come about somewhere around a year later, and there would be another ceremony that would say, hey, listen, these people are officially married. But the betrothal was a, was a contract. It was a legal binding contract at that point. And so it wasn't like, you know, you can get engaged today and you can break off an engagement pretty easily. But you can't do that with a, a marriage. A marriage is a legally binding. So this betrothal period was a higher, a little bit higher than an engagement period. And it was this waiting period. So during this period, um, here comes Mary and Mary finds out that she's pregnant. And she has got to figure out how to tell Joseph that she's pregnant. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, meaning before they came together sexually, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but if uh, if your girlfriend came home and said, I have a baby and it's not yours and it's God's, what are you going to do? You say, okay, this is over. If you were engaged and you haven't had, had physical relationships and all of a sudden this woman comes in, she comes home and says, guess what, I'm pregnant and, and you know you didn't, you weren't with her 
you say, okay, this is out of here. And then when she tells you that it's God, you're going to really question things, right? You're going to question her sanity. You're going to question your sanity. You're going to question a whole lot of things. And so this is where Joseph was. Joseph was in the struggles of life. Joseph uh, was dealing with this, and he found, and, and they find out that she is pregnant with a child from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph wanted to do the right thing. Look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Joseph was facing these struggles. He had to feel alone in this. And it says that Joseph, her husband, being a just man, he was a righteous person. He was wanting to follow the things of God. He was doing what God said in his word. And if you can understand what the why this was so serious is because during this period of betrothal, if there was unfaithfulness, it was warranted that... that the, the person unfaithful, that Mary, being an unfaithful woman, could have been stoned to death. And so as that was a potential for her, he says, look what it says there. that Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, didn't want to go through all this and belittle her, destroy her, or even lose her life, was minded to put her away secretly. In the culture, those were the two options. You could, you could say, listen, under the full extent of the law, I'm going to persecute. Prosecute. So boom. And so she, she's stoned. They pick up stones and they, they were to take her down. Uh, under the Roman culture, you could just divorce for whatever reason you want and just quietly make it disappear. And so he, Joseph here is saying he's, he's trying to figure this out. And so I want, to, I want us to catch this today because when we are in tough decisions, you got a big decision to make in your life. It's pretty lonely. Have you ever noticed that when you're looking at your life and you say, man, I've got to make a big decision in my family. I have to make a big decision in my job. Man, when you're looking at job decisions, those, those can be really brutal. Um, am I going to relocate? Am I going to move? Am I going to take this promotion? Um, when you're talking about family situations because everything in your job affects your family, uh, how is this all going to shake down? Uh, when you're talking about relationship issues, I remember whenever I was dating uh, Rhonda and, I, man, just waiting and getting up to that point to ask her to marry me. Um, you know, I, I know she couldn't wait for me to ask her, but I'll tell you, I was scared to death to ask her, you know. And what happens is you have this period where you feel alone. Like nobody else could understand what was going through my mind. Nobody else could understand my heart. And so as I got, had to get alone with God to figure this thing out. But I want you to catch this because you're not alone in the struggles of life. And you're not alone in the fears of life either. Um, look here at uh, what the scripture says, continuing on. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her. Is of the Holy Spirit. You're not alone in the fears of this life. You're not alone in the fears of this life. Now, in the movie there, there's a really cool scene where, where Marley and, uh, and Kevin are in the church. And they're having this discussion. Remember, uh, Kevin was afraid of Marley because they said he was the snowman, you know, the, the snow shovel slayer or whatever, okay? And then uh, later on, he comes in, he slams his hand down, the bloody hand in the, in the store. And then uh, he sits by him in church, and he's scared to death. And the, and the dad says, well, I'm not welcome. I'm not welcome here. And, and uh, I'm sorry, Marley says, I'm not welcome here. And Kevin replies back, you mean in church? He says, no, where my son is. 
and he's talking about these relational issues here. And, uh, and while they're having this discussion about the relationship issues, uh, Marley throws out a statement. He says, you're never too old to be afraid. And you know, there's a lot of truth to that statement, isn't it? You're never too old to be afraid. When, you're, when your kids are little, you tell them, don't be afraid. Uh, you tell them that you're there because the, the, you as the parent are there to help them. And you tell them, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. But I'll be honest with you, as you get older, there's a lot of other things to be afraid of, isn't there? One of them is just age itself. I didn't know age had so many fears to it. You can fear aging. You can fear uh, loss, loss of everything, you know, when you start to lose people around you. Uh, when you start to lose things, when you start to lose relationships. So all these fears can come into place. And look what was happening here for Joseph. It says, but while he thought about these things. Folks, I find out that when my mind is going to the wrong things, that's where fear comes in. When my mind, so here, here, here he is. He, he's, he, he's hearing that this is from God. Now the angel's gonna come and gonna reassure him that this is from from God, and that's why he tells him, do not be afraid. Why did he tell him, do not be afraid? Because he was afraid. Uh, he didn't just come down. That wasn't just a greeting. Hey, do not be afraid. I have to say this to all you earthlings. No, no, no. This was do not be afraid, because I know that you have fear. And folks, as you're going through the challenges of life, whether it be physical, social, spiritual, emotional, as you're going through these challenges of life, there are things that you're afraid of. You're just legitimately afraid. And the scripture says here to Joseph, do not, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus and you will, and he will save you, uh, save his people from their sins. Fear not. You know, the scripture tells us, uh, uh, over a hundred times in the scripture to fear not, to not be afraid. Joseph, in this moment, needed some answers. Joseph needed some security. He needed to know that, listen, I, I, need, I need the strength to make the right decision. Man, what do you do if you're in that situation? Okay, Mary, this child is from God. Yeah, right. All right. So he had to go through anger. There had to be a complete phase of anger. Then there had to be a complete phase of uh, aloneness. Simply, I'm alone. How do I make this decision? Okay, if I stick with Mary's story, if I go with this, then, man, I'm going to lose friends. I'm going to lose family. People are going to betray me. People are going to say they're going to downcast us. And what about the rest of my life? Because in those days, having a child out of wedlock was, uh, was taboo beyond measure. It was like the culture disgraced it terribly. And so he was, he was up into a, uh, between a rock and a hard place, if you will. And in that rock and the hard place is a very lonely place. But whenever we start to think on these things, we're dwelling on them, we're pondering on them. It's like my thoughts continue to stay on that negative place. That's when the fear comes in. And I want to remind you that, uh, that as we're going to look at here in just a few moments, that we have Christ to go through the battle with you. You have Christ to go through the battle with you. You're never alone because of the salvation of Jesus Christ. I want you to get that. You are not alone through his, through the salvation of Jesus Christ. Verse 21, and she, let's read it together. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Like this was God's promise. God was keeping his promise to to the people. And this was the fulfillment of the promise of God. 
So here, here's what happens. Joseph is going through life. He's just wanting to live life. He's wanting to have a happy life. He's planning a wedding. He's planning the rest of his life with Mary. And then, boom, all right, we got a baby. And the baby's from God. Okay, how do we deal with this? Nobody ever had to deal with a circumstance like that. And so as he's going through this, the angel comes and gives him the message. Number one, don't be afraid. Number two, this is from God. Number three, here's the mission. The mission is that this baby is going to save his people, save the people from their sins. And folks, that's what we need to understand today is that we need a Savior. And Jesus Christ is that Savior. Last week, we took a lot of time to look and see that the timing was just right. It was the right time for Jesus to come. And let me say this today, that it was the right person. Last week was the right time. Today, we're looking at the right person. The right person is Jesus Christ. He is the only person that could have taken your sin and taken everything that you've ever done wrong, taken all your guilt, your shame, and paid the price for it and given you freedom and set you free. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Amen? This is who our master is. This is who our Jesus is. He came to deliver the people from their sin. Luke 19.10, Jesus himself said that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He is seeking. This morning, Jesus is seeking you. Um, You're not here by accident. You're not watching online by accident. You're not watching this three days later online by accident. Why? Because God has an appointment with you. He is seeking you. He wants you to... He wants you to come to him and to surrender to him as your Lord and Savior. That's the very reason that Jesus came. And so this message is powerful for us today. Because if we had not a Savior, where would we be? You know where we would be? I'd be trying to get all my hope out of some holiday. I'd be trying to get all my hope out of what's under a tree. And I'd be trying to get all my joy and say, man, if, if the kids are happy, then I'm happy. Let me tell you, kids are rarely happy. <laughs> if my wife's... Well, I won't go there. <laughs> if I'm happy, I'm rarely happy. Because these things don't produce it. That's where we would be. We would be going from high to high to high after high. And that's what our world does right now. See, the world takes this loneliness that we have. And they take that loneliness and they'll say, man, I'm going to feel that loneliness. You know what? I'm going to get my wife the nicest gift I've ever gotten her. Then what happens next year? You, you, can't, you can't trump it. And you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm tired out. Uh, and, 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 you, and, and then they say, that doesn't work. Then they'll go and say, I'm going to go get a high, a literal high. And so I'm going to self-medicate. So we live in a world of self-medication. People are self-medicating with all kinds of things. You, you fill in the blank what the self-medication is. But it's like, I, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to feel good about myself. Jesus came to save you from that. He came to save you from your sin so that you don't have to live a life that's just going to get your life from something in a box. That you don't have to get your life from some expectation. That you will get it from somebody who will far exceed your expectation. Ephesians 3.20, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. That's the kind of God 
that was born. That's who Jesus is. He came to deliver us from sin. He came to deliver us from ourself, from our selfish desires, from a life centered on me. And that's why he came. Not alone through his presence. Let me, let me tell you, boy, I love the next verse here. You're not alone through the presence of Jesus Christ. He will always be with you. This is so powerful. Matthew 1, and 23 says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin, uh, I guess it's not on the screen. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. They will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the very, the very reason that God came is so that you can understand God with us. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. And by the way, that was a fulfillment of a prophecy from 700 years earlier. Look, God with us. Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What does Matthew do? Matthew pulls this in and, uh, and he pulls this in so that we can understand that this was done to fulfill that prophecy. 700 years earlier, the prophet speaks, says that there is coming a virgin. Here's the sign. The virgin is going to give birth. 700 years later, the virgin comes and gives birth. Just the right time with just the right person. For his name is Emmanuel. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. You see, God sent his son to be with us. And Christmas shows us that God's deep desire is to be with us. See, we've got to come back and remember, why were we created? You were created to have fellowship with God. Why did God all of a sudden say, I'm going to make an earth? And I'm going to put these animals on it and stars and all this. And I'm going to put Adam and Eve on it. And if you go through and you study in the scripture, it tells us we were created for the fellowship of God. We were created for his good pleasure. And so whenever you're living your life and you're not enjoying that presence of God, you're walking away from the presence or maybe you're trying to run from the presence of God. You know, sometimes the, the conviction of sin in our life will get us to run. We try to run from the presence of God. But if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, let me tell you, you have the presence of God with you. Our God is not some uh, uh, God that who is distance. And I want you this Christmas to have a heightened experiential awareness of the presence of God. Oh, not just something that you know that is theology God with us, but to really sense and to know and to feel his presence this Christmas. Oh, somebody has, uh, has once said, you know, Christmas is not about presence. It's about presence. And it really is because it is God with us. So think about this. The manifest presence of God to know and to sense his presence is with you uh, to see how that God fulfilled his word. Number two, we see that God is for us. Not only is God with us, God is for us. Most people know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But the very next verse, John 3, 17, says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God has come. 
That's what this whole Christmas is about. That's why we slow down everything in December. That's why the whole world stops. Oh, the world's trying to make a buck off of it. But let me tell you, this is not about a buck. This is about the buck stops here. And it stops at the manger. Amen? Man, thanks be to God. He did not come to condemn us, but that we might be saved. And he's he's a God that not only is he for us, not only is he with us and is he for us, but he is also never going to leave us. Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the promise of God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Number five today, you're not alone through his guidance. You have the guidance of God. You know, as you live life and you trust Christ as your Savior, you will have the guidance of God, the Holy Spirit, upon your life. Look what happened here for uh, for Joseph. Just flip over to Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. After the baby was born, after Jesus was born, and, and all the visitors had come and gone, and uh, it says, Now when they had departed, Matthew 2.13, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you, bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And so here he has the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke to him uh, through a dream here. And uh, the, uh, the, actually through the angel of the Lord. Through the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And so he speaks to him and he makes it very clear. I want you to get up and you've got to get out of here. You've got to go down to Egypt. And by the way, his journey to Egypt was a fulfillment of prophecy. It is so awesome. When you look and you look at some of the Old Testament prophecies, uh, the, the going to Bethlehem, fulfillment one prophecy. Get up and go to Egypt, fulfillment of another prophecy. And then after it calms down and he's ready to go, they wanted to go back one way. He says, no, go to Nazareth, fulfillment of prophecy number three, that he would be a Nazarene. Like, you cannot deny who Jesus is, guys. I'm just telling you. It is fascinating how God came to this earth. But let me tell you, he came so that you could have him in your life and in your heart and as your Savior and that you will never be alone. God with us, Emmanuel. friend of mine, Dave Early, that, uh, that you got to meet at uh, Refuel last year, he wrote a book called Living in His Presence, Emmanuel Factor. And I'll tell you what, he talks in that book about how much we're missing out if we don't Enjoy the presence of God. Like God doesn't want you to go and make these decisions by yourself. He wants you to come back and look at his word. You know, as you look at this, we have he was guided based on his word. Folks, God will never tell you to violate his word. If you're feeling like, oh, man, I ought to do something. And people have told me this through the years. You know, I just felt like I ought to go out and do this. And, and then a car drove by and it had a bumper sticker on it with a number on it. And so I took that number to mean, wow, that's what I'm supposed to go do. If it violated God's word, it wasn't God. That's nice that you saw the bumper sticker and it all kind of correlated. But let me tell you, God leads through his word. And he will never tell you to disobey him. 
He will never tell you to get your needs met outside of Him. He will never tell you to walk away from the things of God. He will always tell you to obey the Lord. And so He guides us through His Word. He guides us. He he has our needs. He knows our needs. And listen, here's what was so cool and radical about Joseph. Joseph had a need. Joseph had to be lonely at that point. I mean, he had to be all alone. And so what does God do as he is going through this whole thing? God comes and he speaks to him and he guides him through his word and he guides him in very personal and practical ways. And folks, that's what God wants to do in your life. But you know what you got to do? You got to learn to be alone with God. You see, on one hand, we're all home alone because our sin has separated us from a holy God. And so we're trying to live this life and we're getting our needs met the best that we can without him. And God says, no, I'm coming and forget that I'm sending the master. I'm sending Messiah to the cross. He will die. He will take care of your sin. And he will not just take care of a transaction in heaven, but he will be with you. He will be with you. And you have the living presence of God Almighty to help you make decisions today and to help you through life. And so we learn to be, on one hand, we're alone with God, at home alone. But you know what? We have to learn to be alone with God. As you go through the scriptures, you'll see verses like this. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. Be still. So what we got to do in the midst of this crazy season that we're in right now? Yeah, put this stuff up all over your house. It's fun. Drive by my house. It's light up night, baby. We had a lot of fun. We are enjoying it, you know. I went out in the rain last week and picked out a live Christmas tree. I was like, I can't believe I went out in the rain and picked out a live Christmas tree. There's nobody shopping for Christmas trees in the rain. I'll just let you know that, okay? You go out and do that. Enjoy that. But get the time alone with God. And be still. Be silent. Take your devices and chuck them. Shut them down. You know, you'll make it through a half-hour meeting with God without your Apple Watch. You'll make it through a half-hour with God without the TV in the background. You'll make it through a half-hour with God without hearing Spotify. You've got to spend the time with God. He says to be still and know that I am God. I'm going to close with this last verse here. I'm going to jump to the end here today. John 16. I want you to catch this. You can be alone. But you don't have to be lonely. Because you have Jesus Christ. You can be alone, but you don't have to be lonely. John 16, verse 32. Jesus says, but the time is coming, and indeed it is here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Jesus says, I know you're going to be scattering. You're going to leave me alone by myself. But I'm not alone. Folks, the same is true for you. When you make a decision to do what's right, you will be alone. When you walk with the Lord, many times people will not walk with you. Thanks be to God for the body of Christ who comes alongside. Amen. And as we walk this journey together... 
you are never alone. You have the presence of Christ. And then Jesus says this. He says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Not peace in all this stuff, but peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, I want to invite you to Jesus. I want to invite you you this morning to just open your heart and, and realize Emmanuel, God with us. You don't have to be home alone anymore. Oh, you may be sitting in a room where there's not many people. Or you may be sitting in a crowded room. But you don't have to be lonely. Because God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. So as you go out and you live in His presence every day, seeking Him, calling on Him, talking with Him, growing a relationship with Him. For many in this room, you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus. You have not yet trusted Christ as your personal Savior. I want to invite you today to to do that. Would you just call on Him and just pray something like this? Dear God... I come before you today and I need you. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You rose again from the dead. And I trust you to be my Lord. God, thank you for being with me. Thank you for stepping into my life right here, right now. Father God, we come before you this morning and I just ask that you'll put your hand upon each one of us, Lord, as we come to realize that we don't have to be alone in this world. We have Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ himself. God, and like you told your disciples, oh, you're scattering and going to leave me by myself, but I'm not alone. I have the Father. And Lord, as our friends and family may scatter, Lord, we're never alone. We have the Lord. We thank you that Jesus is with us, Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together as we sing a song of closing praise to the Lord. The splendor of a king, clothed in majesty.
Rosa Rogers and leave today. We'll have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.